back. <laughs> you guys do not want to know the struggle I have had for the trying- last 30 minutes. Fuck. I'm so fucking angry, you guys. So we're using Zencaster to record everything. And Psychos' uh, microphone and we have the same microphone we have two different computers that we're functioning on we're in the same room and um we were having issues with psychos's microphone sounding good and not sounding good um i went from sounding crispy to muffled to crispy to muffled and i it's completely random and i don't know what the fuck is going on anymore and i'm so tired we've changed who's signed in we've changed the cable that it's plugged in with and it's just completely random on on <laughs> when it works and when it doesn't work. So for the last 30 minutes, we've just basically been closing Zencaster, reopening, refreshing, unplugging and replugging in microphones to try and get it to sound good. And now it sounds great. And now we're never touching it again. <laughs> Until we have to record our next episode, because here's and the then fucking we're thing. Do that for another 30 minutes. God, no, because here's the thing. We are recording these three at a time. So if you heard the first episode, it's been a couple weeks until you hear this one. Two weeks, but for us, it's been 30 minutes. Yeah. We were not dropping all three episodes at the same time. So these processes and how you guys interact with the episodes, we won't know until around the time that we start recording. Like, we won't, you guys won't hear our reactions to it until like the fourth episode because that's when we'll start like picking them up. So to the one person that's made it this far, we won't thank you, you exist until episode four. Yeah. Well, you won't know that we know that you exist until episode four. Basically. And knowing us, it'll be our manager. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Hi. Hello. Not, <laughs> not going to name you because... Oh, we love you. Yeah, we're just trying Obviously. to maintain a certain degree of anxiety. This is going to be a fun episode, though, because this is the first episode that I do not know Psychos' case. Um, Psychos knows what I'm doing, but I have actually no idea what Psychos has planned. Um, I did not hear the story ahead of time because when we pre-recorded the first episode, we only did the first episode and then tapped out. So- yeah, because it was 3 a.m. on July 4th and we were exhausted. Yeah, so... We will be, um, this will be, I, I haven't read these notes to Psychos yet, so Psychos does not know what my, knows what my story is, but does not know the details of the story, and I have absolutely no idea what um, Psychos has in store, but they do know, I'm assuming it's similar-ish, um, so I'm excited, but... Um, the cats are in here this episode, though. Um, so if you hear jingling in the background, it is our uh, two of our cats. Because the third one is technically not ours, and so she's not allowed in here. My okay, so I wouldn't consider my story very heavy, but it's also not mine. Very, is it's also not very long. So it's only five pages. Mine isn't that long either. Again, because most of my sources were in another language that I do not. This will be a shorter episode. This will be a shorter episode, but however, my case was very, very, very heavy. So, uh, good luck. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first this time? We can alternate or we can just do heavier first. Um, Let me go first 
this time because next time you have like the heavier case and I mine is sort of lighter. Okay. Because while yours does end on a lighter note, the majority of it is very heavy. Mm-hmm. And this is all heavy with no light notes. Me too. So. <laughs> Sorry. I got to make jokes where I can. You really do, especially with this case. Cracking um, open another cookie. Still working on that same thing of pumpkin cookies. Yeah, because it's only been half an hour since we recorded our last episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm eating a cookie. Yeah, your mouth is so full. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't a big bite. I just stuck it in my mouth, though. <laughs> anyway. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> you honestly can't do this to me. <laughs> I have the emotional maturity of a 12-year-old boy. It's fine. I know. Trust me, I know. It's almost like I live with you. Almost. Okay. Another side note. Mm-hmm. My voice does not sound like this in real life. And I'm actually really kind of annoyed with it because it is making me sound a lot more feminine than I actually am. You're a girl's girl. I am not a girl's girl. For full transparency, my pronouns are they, them. They're a they's, them. I'm a they's, them. Um, I'm an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are. Uh, So it's just one of those things where my voice is going to sound a lot more high-pitched. I hate it. And editing these episodes is going to be hell for me. So all aboard the dysphoria train. Choo-choo. It's a good thing that I also have the login. And I can also edit the episodes. And I don't hate the sound of my voice. I just constantly sound like I'm drooling a lot. Which I am. Yeah, it's because I'm so attractive. You joke? I was actually about to make the same joke. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say the same thing. So before you go getting all self-deprecative. You were right the first time. You were right the first time. You are attractive. Mm, Shut the fuck up. Mm, I don't think so. It's fine. Anyway, dysphoria is a bitch, and so is body dysmorphia. You know what else is a bitch? Me. Today's story. Let's get into it. Oh God. Okay. So heavy. Like heads up. This is this case is dark and it is heavy. So like with all of my cases, I am going to start with a slight introduction just to get you into the headspace of everything. So I want you to close your eyes. And I want Close you to imagine. Eyes. I want you to imagine this with me. Okay. You knew what you were doing was wrong. Ooh. You could feel. You could feel it. And- <laughs> this is yes, a- I did. This is the only time that we can really laugh at all throughout this case. So, so give me some pauses to make some jokes. Okay. You could feel it in the bile that rose up in your throat when you saw her. Isn't bile pee? No, it's throw up. Okay. Like vomit. Oh, gotcha. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. I knew I was doing something wrong. I'm peeing out of my mouth. <laughs> You're Continue. ruining it. Continue. She was ugly. Her face looked like it was melting and her apartment reeked of death. You subconsciously bring your hand to your belly, feeling the urge to turn back. Your father would understand. He's never denied you anything. He would let you keep it. Maybe force your long-term boyfriend into a marriage as well. 
<laughs> the old woman smiled. It was disgusting. Ah, yes, we'll get that taken care of. Her voice was sweet and warm, despite her appearance. You lean in. You promise no one will know. She cackles, as if your question is the funniest joke she's heard all day. My child, no one will ever know. And with that, she takes your hand and leads you into the darkened apartment. Today, I am telling you the story of serial baby murderer Felicitas Sanchez Aguillanera, also known as the Ogress. Ooh, I know nothing about this, but I am convinced you just said the word ogre. The ogre lady. Yep. Oh, really? She's not. She was known as the ogre just because of how, like, ogress, because of how ugly she was. Ew. She wasn't really that ugly, all things considered. So it's just one of those things. Okay. So as mentioned before, we're talking about Felicitas Sanchez Aguillonera. She was born in 1890 in Cerro Azul, Veracruz, Mexico. Mm. Her official birthday is unknown unfortunately due to lack of records Oof. her mother however most certainly did not want her at all oh. um, it was a very volatile relationship between the two and fights were extremely common and unfortunately they were living in extreme poverty which leads me to the first part of her life where Felicitas showed an interest in harming animals that would last years. That's serial killer behavior, if I've ever heard it. Yeah, it's part of the McDonald triad. The McDon McDonald has a triad of serial killer traits? Mm. <sighs> not not McDonald's. Is McDonald's. the third one the, the hot and spicy chicken sandwich? No. Okay, anyway, so the McDonald triad, or the dark triad, is a... Um, are three traits that nearly every serial killer or every, um, not serial killer necessarily, but people who grow up to become people who hurt other people have. There's the, you, God, wet the bed. Ew. Um, like, well into your childhood, like, past the point of... No return? Not no return, but past the point where it's kind of socially acceptable to. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, that is also a trait that is commonly linked to being sexually abused. Mm -hmm. There is fire setting, which is arson. Oh, but like small Just say arson. Well, it's like smaller Mini fires. Arson. It's arson for ants. Ant arson. No. no. And then there's, of course, harming small animals. Yes, we aren't sure if. Felicitas ever more than just the one but she the one she did display led to a number of strays in her neighborhood being poisoned throughout her childhood poisoned so it's not just like brutally killing them like physically it's like actually like, like she harmed yeah she harmed them but she also poisoned them like killing and hurting small animals is very big in the triad got it okay yeah. Not much is super known about her early years. Records aren't available, and she was very difficult to find much about, according to the investigators. Mm. However, she must have done well at some point during school because she went on to go study nursing. Once again, dates are very fuzzy, but eventually she did marry a man named Carlos Conde, mm -hmm. and she got pregnant 
which is very unfortunate because it seemed to spark either the trauma of her childhood because, you know, her mother, like, did not want her at all. Yeah. And just the violent fights they would have would be traumatizing for any child. Mm-hmm. Or it sparked her, like, the darker part of her psyche because, she, again, she was killing small animals and poisoning strays throughout her childhood. So we don't know if her behavior was trauma-based or if it, it was just innate. Yeah. Because, again, not much is known. This is early 1900s in Mexico. Okay. So this is a part that breaks my heart. Um, mm-hmm. As far as we know, she never really had any red flags during her adole- adolescence. Mm-hmm. Um, and ev- everything seemed really normal with next to nothing regarding her childhood aside from being able to attend nursing school and her propensity for animal death. Mm-hmm. But she did not want this child. And it was actually twins. It was two baby girls. Mm-hmm. And her husband desperately wanted them. Like, mm-hmm. he was so ready for them. And because she didn't want the girls, Felicitas convinced him to sell the girls because they were living in extreme poverty. Selling them to the highest bidder would allow them to be able to pay some bills, and she had no maternal instincts whatsoever. And around this time, selling children was very common. Is this, so is she, are she selling them like before she's given birth to them, like actually just like fully selling the children of like, oh, hey, if you want it, when I give birth, you can have it. Or is she already given birth and she's just basically like selling them out as like slaves? It's unknown when she like commits her husband to sell them, but it is heavily implied that like from what I found, they were already born. Got you. Okay. But Carlos felt so bad after agreeing to sell the girls. And whenever he went to try to get the girls back, Felicitas refused to tell him who bought the girls. And that was something that everybody had agreed on. Like, it was a completely closed thing. Nobody knew who bought the girls. And Carlos would never find out. Mm -hmm. He regretted it so much because he genuinely loved the twins and this would lead to the breakdown of their marriage and carlos and felicitas separated honestly i would too if i was in his shoes i would too good on him yeah um after the separation and the trafficking of the twin girls because side tangent really quick what she does initially isn't trafficking it's more of a adoption um, surrogacy type deal until Carlos changes his mind because Carlos initially did not consent to this and was unfortunately convinced to and then just didn't. It just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So it was kidnapping and then trafficking. Yeah. After she decided basically to join the business side of that where she would connect mothers who did not want children to mothers who could not have children and she would she was a midwife she could do this on her own like she would connect these women who did not want their babies to women who could not have babies and then like kind of arrange for that child to go with the other mother i mean that's not terrible this is what the the lady did yeah this is what she did initially that's i mean 
that's not terrible in my opinion that like no. she's you know like i understand that that's obviously not like a normal thing but if you don't really have like the want or the ability to like i don't know what the adoption situation was at the time it's basically adoption but like not through a system and also the adoption system is fucked um but uh it's not a terrible way to like no do it's... that so because it was sort of a side hustle she was able to move in 1910 from veracruz to mexico city so she's moving on up moving right along so once felicitas uh, moved to mexico city she rented a room in the roma neighborhood right below the apartment where she lived there was a store owned by a man named don francisco paez Whenever um, she moved there, she continued her business of adoption and surrogacy. However, she added something else to those who were unwed mothers and cannot afford for their public images to be ruined by this pregnancy of theirs. Let me guess, abortion. Yes. And again, Shocker. side tangent. This is not... I am pro-abortion. Flat out. This is not a tale of a horrible woman who was performing abortions... But it does speak to the fact that maybe abortions should have been more easily available to women. Yes, and with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, personally, a lot more women are either about to die or have died from unsafe abortions because they could not get them. Or dying of um, the pregnancy. Yeah. Like stillborns and stuff. It's not Mm -hmm. fun. So it's her crimes do not in my opinion do not involve the abortion it is what she does later Mm -hmm. she as a midwife knows how to deliver children but something tells me that delivering um, babies at the end of a full term versus like providing an abortion are violently different like personally so I don't really know if she knew how to give abortions because of her role as a midwife but I do know that midwives typically come in later on in the pregnancy i could be wrong somebody please correct me if i am but i there's just something that rubs me the wrong way about that side of things but she is technically still providing a service that many young women desperately needed Mm. just how many people came to her for these services are unknown however a good many of them were very wealthy and very influential This business, like all sides of it, would continue for the next 30 years. She would rarely, if ever, leave the apartment that she rented and conducted most of her business from that apartment. She would, during these 30 years, open up a storefront, like further away from her apartment, that she would call Le Quebrada, which means the creek. I don't like the sound of that for some reason. I mean, it was right by... Why is it called the creek? Because it was right by like a little creek. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. It's like calling my house the hill. Because <laughs> we live on a hill. Yeah. What is violently frustrating about this case is the fact that people definitely knew that something was wrong. Like, even the police were involved at some point. Neighbors would notice, like, numerous, quote, classy women going to visit Felicitas. There would occasionally be black smoke coming from the apartment with an awful smell she was burning the bodies was she and burning the bodies again the police had even arrested her for the sale of two infants but they let her go after she paid a fine oh my fucking god 
I don't understand why people can get arrested for shit and then they can get like they can pay a fine and it's like oh well you gave us money so it's I mean look I understand that they're getting arrested and it goes on their record but paying a fine and being able to get away with a crime is basically fucking barbary personally if it's bad enough to be arrested for I don't understand why you should have the ability to pay a fine and be let go I mean the like I god I don't remember who said this but it was a quote that I heard somewhere where um if you can afford the fine it's not a crime for you yeah it's just like another bill to pay yeah Um, I feel like I've heard that too somewhere before I just didn't think about it until now but yeah, yeah no I don't like it I don't either um again this is so frustrating to me because clearly she has become rich enough to pay the fine for selling babies which is two babies that's the only ones that she was convicted for just those two just two motherfucker but she was able to continue this business and on her merry way um side note again the abortion side of this is not what bothers me and I'm about to get into the darker part of this. What bothers me is that Felicitas would murder the babies she delivered if they were deformed or if she could not find a buyer for them. I'm sorry, what? She would murder the babies that she would deliver if she could not find a buyer for them or if they were deformed. So she was taking, like, she was keeping a hold of these babies and, like, taking care of them until she couldn't find someone to buy them, what, like, immediately? And then if no one wanted one, she would just kill it? Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. So the abortion aspect is not what bothers me. What bothers me is the fact that she was doing this. There is not a definite murder count, nor is it known just how long she was active for. However, at some point, we do know that she does begin to murder. The exact method in which she did so is unknown, and these are the possible ways she would do so. I'm not prepared to hear this. Strangulation poison mm-hmm. and cutting their throat oh it's a baby i told you it would get bad i hate this i hate you i'm so sorry it's okay it's not but i forgive you okay she would then dispose of the bodies by burning them or dismembering them and putting them in the trash or stuffing the remains into the sewage pipes oh her kill count was placed at well over 100. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. What the fuck? It's not you. Oh my god. Those poor babies. Many neighbors legitimately despised Felicitas, and she was described as looking like a witch with, and I quote, bulging eyes, fat, ugly, and disgusting. Because... It was so sorry. I'm not trying to laugh, but man, you really couldn't have picked a worse description for this lady, huh? Give me that one more time. I need I need that again. She was described as looking like a witch with, and I quote, bulging eyes, fat, ugly, and disgusting. I cannot stand like doing the research for this because I actively saw some of the photos. From the oh, crime the scenes? Yes. Oh, I want to see. No, don't. I have a morbid curiosity. Please I'll look don't. it up later. Yeah, if you do, don't do it around me. I cannot... S- it's I a good cannot. thing that we're not next to each other right now. 
They were in the same fucking room. I look at things all the time in the same fucking room that you've never witnessed. Like half my TikToks that I sent you. <laughs> and, then, and then you look at them four hours later when we lay in bed. Yeah, because that's, li- that's a fun little thing. Anyway, moving back. So, do you remember Don Francisco Paez? Her uh, first husband? Uh, no, the grocery store that she lives above. Oh, right, yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm, on- I'm so sorry, I'm trying so hard to follow. Well, on April 8th, 1941, oh, no. Francisco noticed that the pipes in his store were clogged. So he called a plumber and two bricklayers. No. Unfortunately, in order to unclog the pipes, the floor had to be broken and then repaired once the clog was removed. This poor fortune would only increase once the clog was reached. They would remove a massive mound of putrefied human flesh, bloody gauze, bandages, and they would also find the skull of a baby. Where are the rest of the bones? This was an absolutely horrific discovery, but it Where would leave Where are the rest of the bones? I Psychos. nobody knows. Just the skull was found? Just the skull just Where's a skull was found the there. Where's the rest of the bones? Maybe they all got flushed away. No. Okay. Let me continue. Not the not the movie. That movie would be a lot darker if those rats lived underneath this grocery store. Uh, Yeah, they would be. Okay. Anyway. Be a real different movie. (laughs) Yeah. This was an absolutely horrific discovery, but it would lead to the end of Felicitas' reign as La Obresa de la Colonia Roma. The case is is a... No. <laughs> not yet. Not by a long shot. I'm sorry. <sighs> well, actually, we're almost there. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I never wanted you to shut up more in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's ironic, considering we live together. Because <laughs> usually you say good things that aren't, hey, when they opened up the pipes, they found a mound of human flesh, a baby skull, and bloody gauze. Oh, wait till you get to episode four, because the case I'm researching now makes me want to... This oh, I forgot. I forgot what episode four was. I have no idea what you're doing for. Oh wait, I do know what you're doing for episode three. Never mind. I requested it. Yeah, you requested. I'm very this. excited for it. By the way, very yeah. jazz. Anyway, back to episode two because that's what we're recording right now. The case was assigned to a very famous investigator at the time, Jose Acosta Suarez, and he immediately launched into the investigation. The same day, Jose went to the apartment that she rented she did have a roommate that for some reason didn't know anything this bitch was doing at all but the roommate did let the police in to search the area like search the apartment thank god but the apartment had like not the apartment the roommate had no idea what she was doing which like i not know because i mean she split her business between the apartment and um her like little storefront business that she had Mm-hmm. So maybe she did the storefront business when her roommate was home, and when her roommate wasn't home, she kind of like took clients home. I don't know. Within Felicitas's bedroom, investigators would discover an altar with candles, needles, baby clothes, a human skull, and a large number 
of children's photographs. They would also search La Quebrada, the creek, and discover so much more evidence. Mm-hmm. As soon as Felicitas heard about the investigation, she bolted. She ran. But that mm-hmm. didn't stop the investigators because on L- April 11th, the police were able to locate and arrest an accomplice of hers. Salvador Martinez Nieves was a plumber who worked for Felicitas. He would take payment in exchange for clearing the pipes, keeping Felicitas from getting caught for a while. Because she used to shove baby, like, the corpses down the pipes so often. Like, that Mm -hmm. was one of her main ways of getting rid of the bodies. Mm -hmm. The same night, Jose, the um, investigator, was able to track down Felicitas and her lover, who Mm -hmm. was either named Roberto or Alberto. Records are hazy, but last name was Covarrubias, as they were attempting to make their way back to Veracruz. Mm Mm-hmm. When she was being interrogated, she would admit it to providing these services, and when Felicitas performed the abortions, she would, quote-unquote, toss the remains into the canal. Just yeet the babies. Yeet like, the babies. Like, actually yeet the babies. Yes. Uh, she would I also brought defend- this upon myself. I, I brought this upon myself, given the story I picked, but fuck. It's harder hearing it as an actual case and not just a legend. Yeah, and I had to research this. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so you remember whenever I was just in a really, really bad mood? Mm-hmm. Like about two, three months ago? Just two to three months ago? And Psychos is about to be in another bad mood, and uh, Mythos is about to be dead. <laughs> in trouble. Anyway. <laughs> I understand why now. Yeah, th- these cases, unfortunately, do put me in a very bad headspace, which is why I tried to speedrun research, not, like, do super deep dives into a whole lot of things, because if I surround myself with them... It's just too hard sometimes. I already have pretty bad mental health struggles as a- in general, mm-hmm. and this is something that, while I do enjoy my work, because it allows me to spread awareness about certain like think like different cases and different people it's still difficult to yeah. fully dive into sometimes so it's rough out here guys it really is but props to mythos for putting up with me and helping me through everything any day love you love you too okay. yeah. yeah anyway back to Continue. this yeah back to this I'm so sorry. It's okay. Felicitas would also defend herself by stating that she was only doing social work through these actions. Oh, shut the fuck up. I'm so sorry. I could feel that one coming a mile away. Um, (laughs) You saw it coming and said, that's getting real big real fast. Yeah. (laughs) In a move that somehow worked, Felicitas warned that she would reveal the names of the women who had come to her for her services in exchange for a lighter sentence. The fuck? So instead of being charged with the absolute worst things, mm-hmm. as long She's as she just can- fine, I swear to God. Um, on April 26th, 1941, due to the very clear blackmail attempt, Felicitas was charged with abortion, illegal burial, crimes against public health, 
and clinical and medical liability. Charges mm-hmm. that compared to serial murder like she had been facing weren't very serious at all. On May 10th, a judge set bail for around 600 pesos, which is about 12,415 pesos today or 715 US dollars today. I could pay that right now. At some point while in prison. She made bail, didn't she? She did. Oh my god. Well, no, she didn't. I lied. While in prison, she at some point decided to go on a hunger strike in order to try to gain her freedom. Good. Starve. It it did not work. Go back to bed and And starve. starve. (laughs) Thank you, Vine. Um, God, I miss Vine. R.I.P. Vine, man. Yeah, I should do a case on how Vine was brutally murdered. Anyway. Is that a joke? Was that a joke? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, genuinely no idea it, i i fully believed you up until after you said it and i was like wait a minute i think that's a joke i mean uh, if you could tell i'm not the smartest person i love you so much anyway let's oh my continue God, i love you too is there never I'll, I'll ask you later god okay i'm about to get so upset and i need you to like shut up until i get this little rant over okay <laughs> okay Got it. Cool. I'll shut up. In June of 1941, Felicitas was released from prison when the investigators lost the evidence. The fuck? <laughs> leave that in. My microphone was muted. I'm so sorry. I heard the, the fuck. Yeah, no. That's what I said. <laughs> um, they had a whole ass baby skull. Like, how the fuck do you lose a baby skull? And the attorney general, of course, was pissed off as hell because there's nothing they could do to appeal because they no longer had the physical evidence while they also had the confessions of the of her lover and the plumber they lost the physical evidence which is all they had tying the case together because what it could look like was two men trying to gain one on a like up try to like ruin this woman's life because nobody who had gotten an abortion from this woman was willing to speak out because it would have ruined their social standing and their family's um place in society like it would have fucked over so many people had just one person who legitimately had this woman's services came out jesus christ yeah so if you want to anyway i have nothing to say about this i'm i don't the amount of times that like in a case not even cases that we've not even in cases that we've looked into, but just in cases in general, the amount of times that evidence has been lost, I swear to God, y'all are just, like, leaving it out, like, on the sidewalk, like, for free. Like, it's a fucking bookshelf or something. And just, Come grab it if you got a truck big enough to haul it off. Like, how the fuck do you lose a human skull? I Whatever. don't know. The Have you seen a baby is- skull, by the way? Yes, I have. They're Un- fucking ugly. I had to look at the crime scene photos for this. Side side note, humorous kind of side note. Baby skulls make me think aliens exist. <laughs> I mean, aliens exist, <laughs> but like human Star skull, baby, like, no baby, <laughs> baby skulls are aliens. I don't know how, how they're so. Ugly. Oh my god. They're so ugly. I think I'm I'm thinking of the right thing. Baby skulls are so ugly. 
I'm almost done, I promise. But you're gonna hate the ending of this. Oh, yeah, they are. They're so fucking ugly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I looked it up. They're so ugly. If you've never seen uh, anyone listening, if you have never seen a baby, like a human baby skull, go look at a human baby, like, skull on Google. It is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. They look like little aliens. I, I hate them so much. They're they're disgusting. Totally, like, not unrelated, but, like, oh, my God. They're so ugly. Okay. So. Anyway. I'm almost done. Thank God. I'm on the last page. Okay. I'm so sorry. Anyway, the reality of her situation was that more than likely she had friends in very high places. Not friends, but her clients were extremely wealthy nine times out of ten and would not want the fact that she like performed services on them to get out. And her lover and the accomplice weren't in great standing with the community, so nobody would have accepted their testimony had they gone to court with the witness testimony. Mm-hmm. Once she left prison, Felicitas faced heavy scrutiny and backlash from the public. And on no June 16th, shit. Sorry, no shit. Yeah. On June sixteenth, nineteen forty-one, she overdosed on a drug known as nibutol and died in the residence she shared with her lover. I hope she suffered. When Felicitas died, she left three letters, two for her lawyers, one for her lover, and none for her children. She had children? Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. The first letter was to a lawyer who was apparently scamming her, and this letter was a final telling off. The second letter was to the second lawyer, who was a new one, but the note only made reference to her own land and what to do with it. Mm Mm-hmm. The final letter was to her lover, which was really kind of cold, only stating goodbye and that claiming her first husband had, quote, won her. And some people, like some translations, have also put this as raped her. Mm -hmm. She, at some point, also had another child with her, like, had a child with her lover. And this child was placed in an orphanage during the arrest of her mother, but this child was not left any notes from her mother. Mm. And this is the thing that's really going to piss you off. Due to the quote-unquote loss of evidence and Felicitas taking her own life, officially this case is technically considered to be unsolved. Are you fucking kidding me? I am not. (laughs) I didn't even think that was going to make me so mad and then you said it. Are you actually fucking kidding me? What the fuck? I wish I was. This is not... The words that I want to say right now. Say them. Go ahead. I know. It's too many bad words at once. That is... Listen, okay. I I need anyone who's listening to this right now. If you are in any sort of criminology position, whatever. I need a decent fucking 20 page explanation as to why the fuck... That makes any semblance of sense. I understand. I understand that the legal system has rules. I understand that the legal system is set up in a certain way for a certain reason to make sure that whatever. I don't actually know. No, 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 no. I understand that the legal system that we currently have 
and that most places have are specifically in place to make sure that certain people win and certain people do not. I'm not going to say good and bad. I'm not going to say morally correct and morally incorrect. I'm going to say that certain people win and certain people lose. I understand that it is set up that way. I fully understand that. But when your legal system and your crime system completely bypasses hundreds of years of human experience to fully understand that someone did something and it was wrong of them and everyone knows it, you are not only the dumbest motherfuckers on the face of the planet, but you are actively setting the species back thousands of years. And whoever was on that case and decided that that was an okay thing to do better beg, beg the deceased for forgiveness when they reach whatever afterlife they have been selected to go to. Well, here's the thing. I think the like the investigators and the attorney general in this case were pissed off about everything. Like, they went in hardcore trying to nail this woman to the wall for everything she did. No, 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 no. That I understand. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the bullshit, low-life, incel motherfuckers who put whatever <laughs> fucking system is in place to make that possible. I'm talking to those tiny ball-sacked, micro-shrinking penis little bitches. <laughs> God, I'm talking no, to them. not the shrieking penis. I'm talking, I'm talking to the little coral bitches out there. No. <laughs> you little criminology motherfuckers with your shrinking penis syndrome. I'm talking to you. Okay? I'm talking to all of you. If you think that that is a just way to go about things, then I am going to justly and swiftly end your subscription to life. I'm glad we're on the same page now. I love that. For legal Anyways, reasons, for legal that's reasons, a joke. this is a joke. <laughs> Only for legal reasons, this is a joke. Yeah. Only legal reasons. So that was anyway. my case. Wow, I hated that. I am now more awake than I've been all day, purely on rage alone. Yeah. I I still stand by the fact that baby skulls are really ugly. I'm glad you do. And I'm honestly kind of glad that. It's over. It's over because I had to not necessarily live with that knowledge because I had blocked that most of it until I was rereading my notes earlier today just to get ready for our mass recording session mm-hmm. just to see what was up. I I kind of want to delete my notes now, <laughs> but I have to save them for like, don't delete them because we need to save them for Patreon. But um, that's actually yeah. the worst thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. Thank you. Yeah. And... This case, like my case from last episode, um, had a lot of not a whole lot of English resources. I had to Google Translate a lot because, unfortunately, Spanish is not one of my native languages. So, unfortunately, no. But unpopular opinion: I think Spanish and American Sign Language should be mandatory mandatory in schools. I do know some sign languages, so. Anyway, I know how to say boat and dinosaur in American Sign Language. You also know how to say blue. Nope, I forgot. I do know how to say fuck you. And I know how to say what. And I know how to say emergency. And I know how to say fire. So, You also that. know how to sign I love you. And I also know how to say I'm sorry. 
<laughs> and yes and no. And yes and no. Anyway, that was the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I actually want to throw up and cry. Yeah, Thank you. same. Um, so how are you feeling now that you've had a break? Um, well, I got food and um, I'm surprised I'm eating it because I immediately wanted to throw up the moment that we had stopped on the recording. So, yay. I'm really nauseous because I like, I usually don't get affected by stuff. I think the older I'm getting, the more I'm getting affected by stuff. But I actually want to cry. I actually <laughs> like I do- feel tears coming up. It's so hard to think about. Yeah, I want to do a study on what it is where people who are younger are like, hey, this actually doesn't really affect me. Haha. Ooh, I'm so quirky. I think it's maturity of. I I don't know. I don't know if it's maturity or if that like age range of people are just genuinely like desensitized. Desensitized to it. And then eventually, like the empathy. Because empathy is something you do have to learn after a bit. Yeah. Um, and I, some people never learn it. Yeah, some people never do. And and um, he's back on the bed. Yay. Jingling Good around. Job. We love Bills. Um, Hopefully he'll fall asleep. Maybe. Right now he's looking for a place to perch. Yeah. My computer um, stand is not the place to do that, sir. And yeah. he's in the barbecue chips. Bills, no. That's not for you, Bills. No. Okay. Continue. I'm going to eat. Yeah. So it just feels like some people are just, I mean, and then there are some people who do have true crime um, content be their main source of income and main job. And they like never get affected by it. And they're like constantly cracking jokes throughout for like, but like for not for any awkward reasons. They're just awful human beings. Not naming names, but I am naming a situation. Like, why would you put a child's autopsy photo up behind a paywall? I do not know about this. I do. Um, I'm not getting into it right now, but basically, not getting into it super heavy right now, but basically a YouTuber who does true crime content for a living put a autopsy photo of a child from a very recent case up on her Patreon. This isn't someone we... No, this is not somebody we interact with. Okay, thank God. Yeah. Um, that is to say that there are ethical ways of doing these things. And I think fully getting into them, like fully getting into the this side of things is starting to make me realize that a lot of people who do this are either extremely jaded or are very good at compartmentalization. Or they just don't have a soul sometimes. Or... They have a really good therapist. God, my therapist is going to have a field day with this shit. I think that's why so many, like, true crime people are sponsored by BetterHelp or, like, one of the many Get a Therapist apps. As awful as some of those apps are, I think that's why they're mostly sponsored by them. Yeah. Sorry. I'm shoving this in my face. It's a lot of pesto, though. There is so much pesto on this. I think it's chicken. Well, I know I'll be eating. I eat all the time. I'm literally eating all the time. It's not a bad thing. I mean, I'd rather you eat than you not eat. And that goes for a lot of people. Like That goes for everybody out there. If if you haven't had water yet in the span of us recording this episode, go drink water. Hydrate or dehydrate. Please drink water. Please straighten up. Please take your meds if you haven't already. Hail hydrate. 
I don't know if that's a thing outside of the one job I had. So um, if you know where that's from, no, you don't. Well, I'm co-opting that now. Hail Hydrate. Yeah, I'm co-opting that for the podcast. Hail Hydrate. Hail Hydrate. Um, like Hail Hydra, but yeah. Hydrate. Hydrate. Which is weird because my job had nothing to do with uh, Marvel. Aren't well, more... uh, maybe we might have had Marvel people there. Mm. Huh. Anyway. Anyway. So, um, yeah. time for my story. Yay, tell me about your story. Sorry, I'm actually more energized now just by pure rage. Yeah, no, you're good. I'm um, switched over to water for a little bit so I can like not have the anxiety but tired shakes that coffee sometimes gives me because we still have one more episode to record after this i'm crying why are you crying i can't stop it oh no what's wrong the babies man it's hard (sighs) i know you can't see me right now but if you could look at if you could see me right now you would see that i'm like actually trying to not cry and it's happening yeah, it. It's can I have a hug. Yeah, can come I come here, over baby. And get a hug. I'm so yeah, sad absolutely. Right and I'm giving an audio hug to everybody who is still kind of shaken up by that case. Come here, baby. Oh, moving that away. You've you've known me for a very long time now. Yes, and you years. know that I don't. I don't get affected like this. <laughs> by things you know me you know that this is not normal (laughs) for me it's not but i'm not surprised if that makes sense it's i usually have a good gauge for which cases will make you cry what will piss you off and what will just annoy you the case from the first episode was one that i knew would piss you off but it felt too similar to what we were doing to pass up. And then this episode, as I was researching it, I didn't realize what was going into it. And once I hit a certain point, I knew that this was going to be a rough one. But I wanted to continue it because, unfortunately, um, there are many people. There are many people like Felicitas out there in the world right now, and. They haven't gotten caught yet, and it. I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but just putting a case like this out there, in my opinion, makes it so more people can recognize certain signs of something awful happening, and that is my main why for this podcast, is to show that everybody can learn from everything and if there's something that you recognize you are not alone if there's something you've been through you are not alone and i'm sorry i'm taking up so much time on this but you're stalling because i'm still crying (laughs) no because i'm also very upset too like it's genuinely upsetting like i'm not i'm getting emotional now i didn't get emotional while i was presenting my case because and I, I just I want to point out I do feel ridiculous for crying because I obviously none of you know who we are, but Psychos knows me very well and I don't 
usually like to cry, nor do I usually get emotional over things like this. So not only do I feel absolutely ridiculous for crying on the second episode, but also having such a delayed reaction to it. Um, But it really is just, you know, I don't want people to think that when we are talking about these cases, we're joking around like it's nothing because I'm so devastated for all of those babies who probably had no idea what was going on when it happened. And I feel, again, I feel ridiculous for crying over this. I, I really, I really, really do feel ridiculous for crying over this. But I really do want to make a point that when we talk about these cases, we care. And we don't care about the people who committed this. We really care about the victims and what they went through. And I can't stop thinking about the children who had no idea what was happening to them, who had to suffer for any point in time. It's And I'm, I'm not a parent. I hope to be one one day. I hope that I have the honor of being a parent. But I can't fathom the pain a parent might feel right now hearing this. And you know what it makes me think of? And this is such a weird thing to think of. But do you remember that story that came out of um, Georgia a few weeks ago? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not quite sure, honestly. So many bad things have been happening lately that I just... There was a woman who went to the hospital to give birth. And I remember this. Oh fuck! Trigger Don't. warning. This is really, really fucked oh, up. Oh god, um, I remember this. I the, feel sick. The mother, um, she she was giving birth, and they had to pull the baby out, and they used these vacuums to pull the baby out, and they um ignored the fact that the baby's shoulder was stuck on her like pelvis bone, and they were fully aware of the fact that the baby was stuck and didn't care, and decapitated the baby fully, like vacuumed the baby's head off. That's how hard they were pulling. Oh my god. Um, and if you ever see babies when they're like fresh, if they have like extra elongated heads that usually return back to normal, um, some of those are like those not permanent deformities, but those like initial minor deformities are from the vacuums that they use to suck the babies out because they need that additional help. And of course, it was a black woman who was giving birth, decapitated. Of course it was. A beautiful, beautiful black child. I think it was a little boy. Um, oh and it's just reminding me of that. Like, I hear these things, and then I it get it gets put into perspective on here, and it just it hurts. So I'm so sorry it's taking me so long to like get over this, but I'm I'm processing the entirety of what you just said right now. <laughs> After I've and, stepped away, I changed into a sweater just to feel something, and that's perfectly fine. None of these cases like this hit. Did people differently I unfortunately feel too much for people that is why it is so hard for me to fully research things and get things done in a reasonable amount of time that's why some of my cases will take me almost weeks to finish because I get too involved I get I event like I start grieving these people and there's nothing wrong with feeling empathy and grieving towards the families and like it feel like experiencing the grief that you comes along every time you learn something about these victims and 
how cruelly some of them were taken from us. But sometimes it's too much and we don't joke about them. Well, we do make jokes because this can be a comedy type podcast. It's not mostly on my side of things. And it's mostly on Mythos' side of things. Because Mythos' side of things lends itself easier. It's easier to make jokes without seeming disrespectful. And this is a side of true crime work, victim work, that is hard. And there are people out there who do, unfortunately, tell these stories for the very wrong reasons and don't treat it with the respect it deserves. And we don't want our episodes to be super heavy all the time. We want them to be appropriately heavy at the right times and then try to lighten it up. But sometimes there are cases like this one that just hit and don't let up. Yeah, it's not fun. (laughs) And I think... The fact that there were like zero, like very few details and how short my case was definitely hurt more because it, you especially, Mythos, are a very imaginative person. I, yeah, whenever I'm given something, I am a very put yourself in the situation when it comes to how things are described. I can physically see myself in that situation or I can picture it very well I'm very much a someone who can I don't want to say I'm extra empathetic so I don't want to sound like a fucking asshole about it but I can feel very heavily what that would feel like and that that's I think where the pain's coming from is I can I can put myself in that situation and I can feel feelings I don't want to feel about it and it hurts so much and that's why you have an awesome therapist my therapist is going to hate me after this. <laughs> my therapist, when I see her uh, in two weeks, she <laughs> if she listens to this, hi, I'm so sorry for the session that we had two months ago <laughs> about this exact episode, <laughs> but just know I love you. I've had my therapist for like six years now or something crazy like that. And oh my god, I would not have made it this far in life if she did not exist. My therapist instantly reads my mind. She's also the same Zodiac as me, which is, I think, very surprising. Dude, no, same. My therapist has the same exact birthday as me. But not the same year, just the same birthday. It's so weird. I can't get along with anyone who is, like, the same Zodiac as me. Very rarely. Um, And I think that's common for a lot of people is they can't get along with other people who are the same Zodiac. But my therapist, she tunes in and she just gets it. Yeah, same. That's how mine is. Our therapists are going to love us. To our therapist, if you're listening to this, we Um, love you. We love you. But actually, please don't listen to this because this is too close to... uh, I feel like that crosses a line somewhere similar to like... Why you therapist? You can't follow your therapist on social media, or why they can't follow you can't you on follow your media. high school teachers on uh, Facebook until after you graduate. Yeah, and realize <laughs> that you don't want to be friends with your high school teacher because she was actually a bitch. That's not. That, that, that's yeah, that felt a little, a little personal. That's a little too specific. I had a teacher in high school. So, fun facts about me, because I did in fact go to high school. Contrary oh my god, to, same. I know. I know you wouldn't believe it, given how stupid I am. 
that's true. But not only did I go to high school, I was in a majority of honor classes. I was a very smart kid. Then I got to college and it just went downhill from there. Yeah, it's called undiagnosed ADHD until that like... Hey, 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 hey. You know you're doing something wrong because you stop it. Get out of the barbecue chips, you dumb fuck. I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. No, Um, it's called you had undiagnosed ADHD and it presented itself as gifted kid syndrome until you hit some place that did not have the rigid standards that most public schools have. And then I skipped most of my classes to eat Dutch bros. Not Dutch bros. Einstein brothers. Anyway. Because there was no rigid structure for you. I know. Um... Yeah, I had a teacher in school. Uh, I had her for four years. She was absolutely amazing. Uh, Teaching-wise, she was great. Um, I looked up to her. I adored her. And then I graduated high school, and I realized that she was just a bitch who played favorites with her students, and I was really disappointed by it. And I originally wanted to major in what she taught because I was so inspired by her. And then I graduated, and I realized that I didn't want to do it. Speaking of which, if you are listening to this and you are supporting us, Thank you for supporting my endeavor in a few years, hopefully, to graduate and become an archivist. <laughs> Still God. a goal of mine. Yeah. Which, look, if I go back to college, it, when it stops being fucking expensive, and I go back to school for anthropology and become, like, a big, get the degree you would need to become an archivist, it would assist with the research greatly. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, my story, my turn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also done eating and I'm done crying. So here we go. Okay. So thank you, Psychos, for that um, emotions. <laughs> On to my You're story. Welcome. Thank you. Today we are talking about the Weeping Woman, a.k.a. La Llorona. Oh, wait. I for- We totally forgot to say at the beginning of the episode, we're in fucking Mexico. By we're the in way. Mexico, by the way. <laughs> if you haven't figured that out by now, this episode is Mexico. Um, so... A little bit of a uh, setting slash history, which might not make a lot of sense now, but it will make sense later on. Um, So the date ranges that I have for a little bit of this time period, um, I'm just going to go ahead and toss them out now. This is something similar you're going to find to what we had in the last episode for the Sashaseki on our notes, but I'm just going to say it now because it's only five things. So in Mexico, I think specifically Central Mexico, um, I'm not 100% certain, or not Central Mexico, but like, um, I'm stupid. In, You're not stupid. No, it's not Mexico. It, there is this. This spans a, a good bit of Central America. Hi. So the dates that I have for you guys, as far as history goes, so the Olmec Empire, and this is I want you guys to listen very carefully to the words that I'm about to fucking say. Okay. okay. The Olmec Empire existed from 1600 BC to 400 BC. The Maya civilization. Existed from 250 BC to 1697 CE. Separate area. The Toltec Empire existed from 674 to 1122. And the Aztec Empire existed from 1325 to 1521 CE. Are we all on the same page here? Okay. Thank you. Aztec short. The Aztecs were the shortest empire of the list. The Maya civilization and the Aztec civilizations did not disappear. Maya and Aztec people still exist to this very fucking day. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, the empires fell, but the people still exist. 
Also, they did not just vanish for no reason. There was there were droughts. They moved from droughts. And also just the culture disbanded and spread around. They didn't just suddenly vanish and leave us with calendars that um, predicted the end of the world in 2012. Yeah. The areas that they existed in, they needed a lot of water and they didn't have a lot of water, which is why you'll also find that there's a lot of water deities that they pray to. Anyway. I feel like that makes sense because it is like literally on the equator. Like most of these like um, empires were on the equator so it's very hot there so they would need a lot of fucking water yep so um we don't have a really in-depth history about the um we'll we'll get into you know everything else later but first we're just going to jump into the information about la llorona so la llorona can be pronounced two different ways it's la llorona or la llorona i've heard it said two different ways i think it depends on what dialect you're speaking i've also heard it said la llorona in talking but in one that song that i'm obsessed with she says Girona. so i think it depends on where you come from what language you are speaking it's different depending on where you're from yeah i feel like that one's like a very regional thing like Sorry, just slammed my microphone against my laptop don't do that you um, heard that I, right i don't think so um, slammed it really hard Ouch. But I do think it's a more of a regional thing because whenever I was taught, it was like the double L was U, like Y, like a Y sound. But I do know like the song that you're obsessed with. They do pronounce the double L as a J sound. I am actually going to go ahead and drop the name of this song now and I'm going to drop the artist as well. I ha- I listen to this song every day. I'm obsessed with it. I don't speak a lick of Spanish and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. I will also talk about the song later on. I'm going to talk about the song in general. There's different versions of it. But the version that I'm listening to, it's La Llorona is the song. And it's by Carmen Goet. G-O-E-T-T. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Absolutely amazing. She also has a cover of Phantom of the Opera on her Spotify. And it is beautiful. It's in Spanish. You want some good Spanish singing. She's amazing. I found it on YouTube. The music video is also beautiful. 10 out of 10. Okay. La Llorona. So, La Llorona. I'm going to call her Llorona. La Llorona appears as a woman with long black hair and black tears streaming down her face. She is usually wearing a white dress and a veil, sometimes a wedding dress, sometimes just a basic white dress. I've also seen her depicted as wearing a black dress with a black veil, but it seems like the most common depiction is with a white dress. She is known to walk near waterways and rivers or the streets of a town near water, specifically at night. She is said to steal children that she finds at night another one of her abilities that i couldn't find a source for but i do know it's a thing is she screams and her screamings get quieter the closer she gets to you and louder the farther away she gets which is terrifying um she cannot enter locked or closed doors and she doesn't enter houses she typically just roams outside doesn't usually come inside at all we doing good so far I feel nervous saying her name this often, by the way. I do, too. Um, Important thing to note, this might place me a little bit, but it's fine. Growing up, I had Cuban um, godparents who not necessarily, they didn't really have a version of La Llorona, but they did tell me her story as a way to get me to shut the fuck up and behave. So my ass is terrified because it's not a story they grew up with, but just running in those types of circles once they did get to america they picked it up and they used it very effectively against me and my siblings 
Yeah. I think I mentioned it later, but it is tend to um it's tend to be used as a cautionary tale. I think I go over that in modern culture, but it's a wives' tale typically to tell kids to be good or that your own is going to get you. So. Yeah, no. My. Yes. Also, if you've if you've made it through this if you've made it through this episode so far and you continue to make it through, um I have movie reviews for the Law Your Own movie. Yes, I forgot the about these. <laughs> they are amazing i only specifically grabbed the ones that were written in spanish um and translated them using microsoft translate thank you microsoft Bing for having that added into your browser anyway the early colonial records provide evidence that she was pre-hispanic originating in the central highlands her story is commonly associated with the colonial era and dynamic between spanish conquistadors and indigenous women at the time the basic story is a woman named Maria was bound to earth after killing her children, doomed to seek their souls. She kidnaps kids, escaping them for her own. There's a lot of variations of her story. Um, I'll get onto different versions of them in a minute. But she uh, was a poor, beautiful woman who married a man and bore him two sons. After their birth, the man's attitude changed. He began ignoring her, chasing women, and staying out drinking instead. Oh yeah, that's like sorry to cut you off, but it's typical men. Typical man. Tale as old as time. You get your like bloodline extended, and then now you get to go fuck whatever moves. Mm-hmm. Because guess what, your wife has already served her purpose, and you she doesn't have feelings. What are feelings? Women don't feel things. Yeah. When he would visit her, he would only spend time with the children and talk about marrying a woman more in his class. Like oh, that's fucked up. Oh, yeah, because she was of a lower She was poor. Class. Yeah. yeah. Oh, still, that's f- fucked up. Fuck you, dude. Maria became resentful of the attention that the boys got, and in a fit of rage, after seeing her lover with his new wife, she drowned her children in the river. After realizing what she did, she wasted away in grief, wailing until she became a vengeful spirit that haunted the riverbank. I under... Okay. I don't understand... There's another version. Kid. Okay. I don't understand killing your own kids because your husband got a new wife. How we don't know how old the children were. It could have been if it's, if this is true. We also have to acknowledge that it could have been really intense postpartum. If she was poor, if she did not have constant support from loved ones, if she was left alone with the children, she could have been resentful towards the children. And postpartum depression is a bitch. Yeah, no, it there's a case people to become crazy. No, there is a case that I eventually will cover that's very similar to this. I'm just going to drop her name now because you're not going to remember lovingly. Probably. And it's um, the Andrea Yates case. Mm-hmm. Very brief summary of it. Um, she was advised not to have any more children because her postpartum depression was getting so bad and she was hearing voices telling her to kill her kids. But her husband refused to allow her to go on uh, birth control because their religion didn't allow it and completely disregarded everything the doctors were saying and forced her to have more kids. And then eventually the voices got so bad that she ended up drowning her children. Yeah. That's fun. So I wish she would have done that fucking story instead. It would have fit, but at the point in time that we yeah. did the research, we were trying to stay in the same country. Yeah, we we still kind of are. I keep glancing over my shoulder, expecting her to be behind me. I'm not God kidding no, when I say same. When I was, do, you remember this? When I was doing the research for this, I literally couldn't sleep. I was so terrified. Like, yeah, this no. is spooky. Yeah. So no, you as somebody who did not grow up hearing this story, 
know what it was like for me as a child who grew up listening to who heard the story yeah um also a side note i know i said i wasn't going to talk about ghosts in the first episode i don't count this as a ghost because i don't want to hear about the doors open and close and there's knocking on the walls and people have caught foot that's not the kind of ghost i'm talking about talking about cultural ghosts we're we're gonna talk about more like cultural ghosts and like this but entities and stuff entities and stuff but she is terrifying oh yeah I live my life in fear of this woman, and I am in no single capacity, any kind of anything. God, no. Like, I am cornbread. (laughs) Yeah. Seven year old um, Psychos was fucking terrified. Because here's the thing culturally, I am cornbread just based on how I was raised. Um, but I do have little spatterings of spice here and there from my godparents. They've and, been added in over time. Yeah, just from like how I was raised in the neighborhoods I was raised in. Like I, I got a good cultural like grasp, and mm-hmm. she is something that was used against me from a very young age. Seven year old mythos, not mythos, psychos had like no seven year old chance. me. Seven year old me had no chance. Another version is that she captured the attention of many rich and handsome men when she would go dancing in a white dress. She was already feeling burdened by her two sons that made it difficult for her to spend time out doing whatever. She neglected the boys who were found in the river, either killed by their mother or just by neglect. She cannot enter heaven until she finds her children's soul, either by God or a demon tricking her after her boy's souls are already take uh, are already in heaven. The first uh, this story was first recorded by a poet, Manuel Carpio Carpio, in a sonnet in 1883. This version varies significantly from the oral version of the legend. In this version, she is murdered by her husband. She was named Rosalia, lived in the same town as the narrator, and was killed by her criminal husband. Her story does share elements with Aztec mythology, um, Aztec goddesses uh, who were said to be bad omens of the conquest of Mexico. And we'll get into those. Okay. So the first one is the snake woman. It is pronounced Siacotl. She is associated with midwives and with the sweat baths where they practiced. She is the protector of the Chalmeca people. And patroness of the city Kulhuacan. I'm probably pronouncing that really badly. She is the mother of Mixcotl, who she abandoned at the crossroads, or a crossroads. Tradition said she often returns there weeping for her lost son. I couldn't figure out why she abandoned him there. Um, There's a whole mythos around her, but I just couldn't figure out much about her. These deities are not very well researched, by the way, in general. It was kind of hard to find information. I looked. But unfortunately, most of the videos that I could find were either really edgy people or completely in Spanish, and I didn't have the resources to translate. Yeah, that's fair. I've lost almost all of the Spanish that I had picked up for over the years, which is why like, I relied so heavily on like the translating apps that I did. And it makes me so sad. Yeah. Siacotl ruled over the Siwatateo, who were souls of noble women who died in childbirth. They were said to be found at crossroads crying for their children. 
Um, at the time, it's, I think, believed that women who died in childbirth were considered warriors. They were held in high regards, um, which is why they had such a important goddess watching over them. When Spaniards arrived, they took the belief of Siacotl and modified it, giving uh, to the legend of La Llorona. The other deity that I have here, I did not find a pronunciation for, so I'm not going to use the full name. I will leave it in the description, but I'm just going to use the English translation, which is the jade-skirted one, like a jade skirt. The um, jade-skirted one is an Aztec deity of water, rivers, sea, streams, and storms. Associated with fertility and the patroness of childbirth, uh, she belongs to a larger group of Aztec rain gods. She was the wife and sister, uh, wife or sister, sorry, wife or sister of the Aztec god of rain, Tlaloc, sharing many attributes as they are both water deities. But she's more associated with groundwater. She's also the mother of the moon god, Teki, no. Not even going to try it. I'll leave it. We're going to call him Tech. Sorry. She's the <laughs> mother of the moon not, god Tech. Yeah, this isn't supposed, like, this isn't out of disrespect. It's just that we don't have the resources to accurately know pronounce these, these names. And I'm pronounced. not even kidding you. I searched heavily for pronunciations on these names, but some of them I couldn't find. I tried listening to videos that were in Spanish and picking out the parts where I thought they were pronouncing the name, but I some of these I couldn't even find. She's also thought to protect women and children. She's often associated with serpents, as most water deities tend to be. It's thought her association with water and fertility speaks to the Aztecs' association with womb and water. So, the, you know, water of the womb, all that fun stuff. I'm going to be a thousand percent honest. I fucking hate that quote. <laughs> it's, the, it's the blood of the brotherhood is thicker than the water of the womb. Yeah. No, you know that, blood right? of the co- yeah, blood of the covenant no, is thicker the covenant. than the um water of the womb. However, the shorthand of the phrase "blood is thicker than water" has been used against me so many times. I think it's a I bullshit story because it. It, I mean the original saying is very true. Yeah. Anyway, also blood is not thicker than whatever. <laughs> just just um, continue, continue. She plays a dual role. Um, in Aztec mythology as both the life giver and the life ender. She was credited with being involved with the death of those who died in drowning accidents. She also presided over birth rituals and bathing of sacrificial victims. Run that one by me one more time. It did not process. <laughs> she was credited with being involved with the death of those who drowned. And she also presided over death rituals, sorry, birth rituals and bathing of sacrificial victims. I mean, yeah. Because she presides over water and death. Okay, that makes more sense. Water was very important to the Aztecs, I think, because of the area they lived in was so dry and they desperately needed water. Yeah, and that's like something that's really fascinating about um, culture as like a whole. You can see where their uh, priorities kind of lied with like their patron de- like deities that they heavily associated with. It's almost like this is why it's so fascinating to me. Oh my gosh, it's almost like I've connected the dots. La Malinche. Known as La Malinche, I literally put mal inch e. So it's uh, Malinche or Malinche. I don't know. I think it's Malinche. Malinche. Um, Her birth name is unknown. She was a Najua woman from the Mexican Gulf Coast. This is a real woman. 
she is also credited as being the one of the origins for La Llorona. She was the interpreter, advisor, and intermediary for the Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortés. She was a slave given to the Spaniards by the natives of Tabasco. Tabasco. Yeah. I'm n- it's not Tabasco. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, he picked her as his consort. I'm so tired of consorts. And she gave birth to his first son, Martin. I can't take the name Martin seriously. I'm so sorry. And, but I think I feel like it would be more like teen, but Martin. Yeah, but going back to I said King Joe last time with a straight face. I can make it Martin and not Martine <laughs> if I really need to. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm speaking English. I will probably do English pronunciations, even if it is pronounced differently in different languages, just so at least it's a different language, basically. It's like how like certain names can be pronounced in like 50 different ways, depending on what language you're speaking. So Yeah, but going back to the whole concert and concubine and all of that bullshit. It, it was just, just an excuse for men to have sex with women and women not be able to fight back. And it's like, it was also designed to be like, oh, look, you have so much favor. And it's like, no, no. I'm trapped in sexual servitude. Thanks. Anyway, going back. Sorry. I'm kind of like, it's something that really pisses me off. Continue. No, you're good. Over time, especially after the Mexican War for Independence, she was considered to be a villain or a scheming temptress. She remains a powerful icon of treachery and the symbolic mother of the New Mexican people. Her aspects are very conflicting. Some people um, favor her and some people absolutely despise her for helping the Spanish conquistadors. Um, The term malinchista refers to a disloyal uh, compatriot. It's basically an insult um, saying that you're like a a narc, but like a Hispanic narc, (laughs) I guess. A narc for the white people. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. Slight. Sorry, I keep interrupting. I keep jumping in. No, you're good. Her story's long. We got time. But that specifically feels like she kind of did not have a choice in the matter. We'll we'll, we'll touch on that in like two two sentences, I promise. Okay. Because we're about to get into her full storyline. Okay, sorry. I keep like. like, No, you're good. You're good. Men and their bullshit. She was thought to be born around 1500, but no later than 1505. She was born in a city-state, Altepelt. No, I don't know. Altepelt. Probably not it. Altepetl, maybe. I don't know. P-E-T-L is how it ends. Of Mesoamerica that was located on the band of the... Of a river. I'm really sorry, guys. Some of these names I can't find translations for. After her death, many people who knew her said she was born in a different area um, located in Veracruz, Mexico. There's really no consensus on that. Um, Historians report one thing and her family reports different things. Her family is reported to be of noble background. This is backed by a few things. One, the town that she was from probably had a normal speaking population, but one of the main languages that she spoke was only reserved for the elites of that area. She also understood uh, a couple other different languages that were specific only to elites. Um, common people wouldn't be able to know these. She's also referred to as Dona or Donna, D-O-N-A. I assume it's Dona. 
which was not commonly used at the time and indicates that she was viewed as a noblewoman. But she could have been given this honorific because of her recognition of her role in the conquest. So she could have been given this title after she helped the conquistadors. But it's thought that she had this the whole time and was just a noblewoman from the area. She was either stolen or sold as a slave between the ages of 8 and 12 years old. There's many conflicting explanations for why or how, ranging from her half-brother needing the rights of an heir to the town being complicit in her hand- being handed over as a slave. But she traveled around and learned other languages that helped her in being able to communicate with, it's not a J sound, but I'm going to say it anyway, Geronimo. I'm so sorry. I literally put in pronunciation guide next to it and ignored it. It's Geronimo, or I want to pronounce it Eronimo, but it's fine. De Aguilar. I wrote a pronunciation guide for it. And I remember specifically listening to a man speaking in Spanish say it. So if I said it wrong, it's his fault. Um, Don't blame the man when you <laughs> forgot that you put it in the pronunciation guide and then tried to pronounce it. <laughs> That's on you. You regardless, yourself, <laughs> regardless of what the actual reasons for were, she was basically traded around as a slave, regardless of how she entered into slavery. And she was basically tossed around enough that she learned a bunch of different languages. So by the time that Geronimo de Aguilar came around she pretty much could speak to him no problem um he was an interpreter for uh, cortez who spoke a variation of maya that she was aware of and also his native spanish from spain okay so we've already established that this is a woman who has been horrifically abused yes it it there's some parts that credit to the fact that she was trying to help her people um there's also parts that are you know I mean, I can we'll get see- into it. Okay, I promise we'll get into it. I know you're mad. Give me two seconds. God. Okay. I'm she worked as an interpreter. Sorry. <laughs> she worked as an interpreter for a majority of the people that they came across, and she's held in high respects by select groups of people in history, because some of them even claim her as the real conqueror of Mexico. Um, in modern day, she's considered a mother and has been adopted as a symbol of for duality and complex identity. Some recast her as a victim, a woman caught between cultures and forced to make complex decisions who ultimately served as a mother of the new race, Mestizo, Mestizo, whatever. I don't think I added it in here, but I do remember there being a point in time where I was researching about her and I, I remember reading that he, so they spoke a language together, but she also wasn't that incredible of a interpreter at times there was one point where they went to a certain city and were able to speak to those people and they had one person who could speak her language and that their language and then they went to another city and those people did not speak any language she spoke but they spoke the language of the city they went to the first time so there was one point in time where they had four people interpreting one person would speak to person one that person would speak to two person two in a shared language person three her in a third language and then she would speak back to Hieronimo in the language that they spoke mutually and then he would speak Spanish to Cortez so while she was an interpreter and did help a good bit there were points in time where it didn't seem that she was all that necessary there were also points where it was recorded that she would actually tell the people in the language that she spoke shared with them 
that Hieronimo did not understand. She would tell them that it was easier just to accept that they were there because if they didn't accept it, Cortez would just slaughter them all. So it was said that she at least did warn the people that these people they would not win against. That's fair, I guess. Sorry, I'm trying to catch my breath. You're good. Like, I just, I under, I feel bad for this woman. And I feel bad for the fact that it sounds like for most of history, she was completely demonized for things that were genuinely outside of her control. And she just wanted to help with as little death as possible. I think in more recent times, she has been considered not specifically for the complexity of the identity of a person, but how complex it is probably as someone who is Mexican specifically to maybe have to accept certain things in order to keep what you have. I think the complexity of whether she is considered a villain by history or a savior by history for warning people ahead of time that complexity might be the reason why she's been adopted into more of a positive aspect, especially by younger generations. It seems that older generations still have a huge grudge against this woman, which I understand as well. But it there is there is a little bit of a, a, a debate over where people stand with her. Newer generations seem to adore her or at least see her as some kind of symbol or a victim, um, whereas older generations just despise her. Yeah. But it's one of those things where I I just realized that I didn't finish my notes on her and I actually literally talked about that exact thing in the next two bullet points. Shall we get there? Yeah, let's go. In the Mexican main Mexican dialect of Spanish, the words malinchismo nope. Whatever. The <laughs> malinchista probably the male and female version of this word that I'm probably butchering. They're used to refer to someone who denies their cultural heritage by preferring foreign cultural expressions. So basically people who turn their back on their Hispanic culture, specifically Mexican culture, in order to fit in with more Anglo-Saxon aspects. It might not just be white, but it could be any culture, but turning your back on that to fit in more. Some people consider her to be a woman who saved their people from the Aztecs, who ruled over them and demanded tribute from its inhabitants. Others credit her with bringing Christianity to the New World from Europe and convincing Cortez to be more humane to people. It's also considered, though, that without her help, he wouldn't have been as successful and the Aztec people would have had enough time to prepare for war. So there's that. That is the last that I have of her. I do think that her people were ruled over by the Aztecs, the specifically the Aztec emperor, uh, Empire. I can't really find if they were part of the Aztec Empire or just the Aztecs took over and they were just kind of roped in with it. And there are arguments to both sides of the story. It's not my place. But any final words on her before we move on to La Llorona modern culture? I just, I feel bad for her because... What the fuck was that? What? You didn't hear that? What did you hear? It sounded like a cat meowing. No, I But didn't. terribly. It might have been my chair. Because I am like... Maybe. Landing in it. Um, or I'm about to die. <laughs> Check Either one you. works, man. I can see myself in the mirror, but I don't think she has a reflection. It's going to be like phasmophobia. Phasmophobia. It's going to be like phasmophobia. Just the hands. Just come around. I'm going to fucking die. God. <laughs> You can't see me. If she's behind me, I don't know. If she's behind you, I can tell. Because I can see the back of your chair. You can't see me. I could die right now. Well, no, you can no. see the back of my chair, but you don't see how I'm sitting. Oh, yeah, that's fair. She's not sitting on the couch next to you. I doubt it. But, like... I hope it's I comfy. Got... 
I'm very comfy. Um, but I am terrified. Like I have like the whole like spine grasp that some people Ooh. get. That's how I'm at right now. Um, however, God, sorry. Um, I feel so bad for this woman because I understand both sides of where like she doesn't want her people and her culture to suffer and lose itself so encouraging people to give them like don't fight back because you see how strong these people are is honorable but then you also have the same this is the same woman who is a slave for this uh, like a slave because of the culture that she grew up in so it's like one of those a child like who's been ignored will burn down the village to feel its warmth mm-hmm. type thing i can i understand both sides yeah and people are incredibly complex and there's not a whole lot we can do because unfortunately she is long dead and we don't have we don't have her side of it no we don't unfortunately and- history only sides only shows one side of people and humans are very complex and they can have different reasons for things they can also change the reasoning for things halfway through people can completely change who they are overnight if they really needed to so unfortunately we will never know her reasoning for doing half of what she did but my paranoia is getting bad so we're gonna wrap this up and jump into the movie reviews <laughs> okay, there's so a little bit there- more after that but okay so we're almost done and we're then- almost done Okay. My jacket on the back of my chair is scaring me. I'm not even kidding you. I'm so paranoid. I got some emotions right now. So let's go. in modern culture. It's used as a wives' tale. Um, I didn't write the word tale as in like a story. I wrote the word tale as in like a tail, like a cat's tail. So it's used as a wives' tale for misbehaving children. Um, she is very real to Latinx children. Um, while looking this up, I found multiple videos claiming to have caught videos of her or uh, images of her. They're all over my TikTok page now, unfortunately. They always show up at one o'clock in the morning when I really don't need to see that, which is amazing. But now we get into the movie reviews of The Curse of La Llorona, one of the installments into the ever bashing my head against a wall. Uh, what the fuck is it even called? The Ed and Lorraine Warren bitch fest. Oh, the um, Conjuring Universe. The Conjuring Universe. We watched this together and I remember... As somebody who grew up knowing the story of La Llorona being both terrified of how badly they misconstrued her story. Because I was terrified that just by watching it, she was going to come get my ass. She can get, she She's going to get the director before she ever gets us. I mean, yeah, that's fair. But my tia and tia were like, the fuck? <laughs> I don't know the reaction because I lost contact with them a while ago. Just because of how... Like, I think our families just kind of fell out of contact with each other. Which is very unfortunate. Yeah, but I would have loved to know their reactions to this. <laughs> but both my tia and dear were incredibly intense with how badly they were used to scare me and my siblings as kids with this. Oh, yeah. I do want to say this aspect of... I almost said aspect. This aspect of the review that I'm about to read carries over into the next episode. And I fully agree with this in any context for any culture. So... The Curse of La Llorona. We watched this. I hate this movie, by the way. Um, I think the makeup and the outfit is great, um, but I actually hate the movie. I also, nothing against the actors who played Ed and Lorraine Warren, but Ed and Lorraine Warren, I got fucking words for you, man. They're going to be their own truth. I'm going to do a case on them. 
I'm going to do uh, an episode disproving all the dumb bullshit that they said based off of just basic ass fucking culture. Like the Dibbit Box. I'm really mad about the Dibbit Box. I'm so mad about the Dibbit Box. And we already know what's up with the Dibbit Box. You don't have to comment so or like email us about it. We already know what's going on. With I'm the so fucking box. mad about it. Anyway, movie reviews. Again, I pulled reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, specifically ones that were only written in Spanish. I just... I just did. Review number one. I fully agree with this person. As a Mexican, I know that La Llorona is more than just a generic horror movie monster. My great-grandfather saw La Llorona. Even my brother claims to have seen this figure. These chimpanzees have this iconic Mexican legend and Americanize it. This is the best comedy of the decade. Seriously, I don't know how we went from one of the best modern horror movies to a festival of predictable screamers. If La Llorona is from my beloved Mexico, then how did she get to California? <laughs> Besides, every time he has the children in front, or er, it pronouns, every time that she has the children in front of her, she only screams. Why doesn't she kill them? Damn, my girlfriend fell asleep halfway through the movie. The Curse of La Llorona is the worst movie in the Conjuring series. I know cinema in my country is crap. But don't you think that America Fuck Yeah is wanting to provoke a competition to see who makes the worst movie? <laughs> I don't know who... I forgot to put who this man was, <laughs> but that's the funniest shit I've ever heard. The fact that the, the phrase, these chimpanzees and America Fuck Yeah were in this review, and I'm so happy they translated properly. This is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I love this, and I love this man. <sighs> Okay, next review. I have three for you. But I think they perfectly summarize everything. <laughs> Revisiting a popular legend typical of Latin countries, this version of La Llorona is appreciated for the scare, uh, the scarce use of jump scaring, which would be all too easy for the film, and that instead is replaced with a good mix of action and anxiety. What is missing is the plot. Too similar to any movie that references ghosts and curses with a lot of classic help from the church okay <laughs> this last one is short and sweet and exactly to the point this is what happens when latinas latinos sorry this is what happened when latinos can't tell their own stories hashtag hollywood so white i mean yeah <laughs> yeah anyway um a couple yeah last, <laughs> nothing else to say there a couple last things before we uh wrap up this episode there is something that I discovered. I could not find a lot of information about it, but I was absolutely enthralled with it. So there is La Ciacotl, Leanda de la Llorona. It is a theatrical spectacle held every year since 1993. I It was along a canal or river or something. Um, it's very specific to this area. It tells the story of a woman warrior who swore vengeance against Spaniards and killed herself and her baby to avoid leaving her land and people. It's not technically a Day of the Dead celebration, I don't think. Like specific, t it's it happens around Day of the Dead, but it is not um, something that happens everywhere. I couldn't find videos of it. It was just briefly mentioned, but I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. I'd love to see it. But it did specifically reference the deity from the Aztec mythology with La Llorona. So I just wanted to add that that was a really strong connection there. Okay, in the comments, sorry. Jumping over to the song real fast. I'm so sorry. We've got two more things to cover. What's your wh what's your hot takes? Real fast. On what we've heard so far. Before I move on to the song. 
and the white woman phenomenon. Not the white woman, but the woman in white phenomenon. <laughs> the white woman phenomenon. Woman. You mean every public place ever. They all have the same fucking haircut and the same the fucking Starbucks attitude. Phenomena. God. <laughs> no. Uh, unfortunately, my brain decided to lose itself right when I was about to say something. So you gotta I'll lose figure it up in the music. Okay, sorry. Anyway, continue. La Llorona, the song. Um, a gorgeous I song. Hmm? A very gorgeous song. It, this song is beautiful. Now, I found this comment in the comments of the video of the song that I mentioned earlier. So I, I wrote physically cannot get over this cover <laughs> and then put the name of the song. So this comment was left by CR-JW2MM. And he said, and I just wanted to take it from him personally. The song of La Llorona is a traditional Mexican song that describes a story of love and pain, which was popularized at the time of the Mexican Revolution and is a song written and born in the Zapotec community. Uh, according to the story, it's a young man from the original area this is from. He went to a party in a neighboring community and he met a girl so beautiful that she left the church wearing um, a, uh, like a traditional gown for a while. He strove, or I think he, f it, it translated from ink from Spanish to English. So I think it's saying that he went to a party and saw her leaving the church in this beautiful gown. Um, it's a religious costume or a, re a regional costume. I don't know which one for a while. He just loved the woman. He wanted to be with her. And when he managed to get approval from her parents to marry her, he was actually sent to war. He told her something like, this war is calling me because the peace of our country has been stolen. I'll return to you and our future family, and I will never stop loving you in this life and in death. The day of departure came, and when the young man said goodbye to his wife, uh, tears were running through his eyes, and he was hurt by seeing his wife in pain as well. While talking to the young woman, he took both of her hands. While weeping, he told his wife that she was a crybaby because <laughs> she did not stop crying, knowing that she might not see her husband again. Kisses and promises flew. This is exactly how he wrote it. Kisses and promises flew through the air, and he swore he would return for her from life and death with impunity. The girl also promised to wait for him no matter what happened. Many people at the time knew the couple and were dismayed by them. The young man went to war and never returned. So sometime later, a friend of both of them returned to the village and told the young woman, your husband was hit by bullets and the wounds were so terrible that it was impossible to save him. But as he lay dying, he asked me to tell you that he will always love you and please forgive him. Here's a letter he gave me for you. And this letter is the lyrics to the song La Llorona. Needless to say, the young widow weeped all the time over the letter, never remarried because she hoped to meet her beloved in paradise and keep her promise. Their baby was born a week after the news, and every October 30th, they had dinner together. This is making me sad. A wife and son in the land of the living and a husband from the realm of the dead until the great eagle brought them together again. I'm not going to cry. I might. Oh, it's no. so sad. Oh, it's such and that's why I cannot get over the song. It's so sad. I think like the first lyrics of the cover of her song is literally like 
my weeping woman with like sky blue eyes it's so sad it's a love song it's so sad um anyway i'm gonna wrap this up with the white woman or the white woman the lady in white phenomenon the white woman phenomenon (laughs) the white woman phenomenon Um, scarier than anything (laughs) the white lady or the lady in white refers to a female ghost or apparition that is seen in rural areas and is associated with tragedy Usually, it's a woman who takes her own life after being betrayed by her husband or fiancé. I've also heard variations where she's waiting for her husband or fiancé to return from war, only to never do so, and either kill herself when she discovers that he has died, or kill herself thinking he has died just before he returns from war. If a woman murders her own children after the betrayal, they are often said to be harbingers of death, um, also known as ghostly hitchhikers, because they may be waiting for unfaithful men to pick them up on the side of the road. So if you are ever on the side of the road and you are a man, or if you're ever driving and you are a man and a white woman, uh, a woman in white appears on the side of the road and asks to hitchhike, she knows you've been cheating on your fucking wife or husband and you got caught. And if you are a woman... And your husband tells you that he picked up a woman in white on the way home. And that woman disappeared. And it was a ghost. Your husband's cheating on you. <laughs> I mean, I think at that point in time, I don't think the woman in white would have let the husband go. So She would have killed him. I would have killed she him. She would have killed his ass. Um, so I think if he talks about like, oh, hey, yeah, I found this random girl on the side of the road. And I tried to drop her off at her house. But like, she like fully disappeared. He's cheating on you. He's not cheating on you because he survived. No, he's cheating on you. He's cheating on you because now you know. And now the ghost knows that you know. And so she's going to let you know that now you know because she let him live. So you would know. She knows. (laughs) She knows. And And I I know know she knows. knows. (laughs) Such a good song. I have two more bullet points, I promise. Okay. The name Lady in White comes from reports describing... A white woman in a white dress. Last bullet point. <laughs> the weeping woman refers specifically to a the Hispanic legend. So the word weeping woman specifically refers to La Llorona. But the lady in white is all the other bitches that aren't her that are white people. <laughs> they are Wasn't... weeping women. They're not weeping women. They're lady in, in white. Wasn't the first ever, like, wasn't the pilot episode of Supernatural? Um, La Llorona, yeah. Yes, it was. Not necessarily. It no, it, it actually was her. No, it came up think... in my notes in pop culture references as the uh, pilot episode for Supernatural. Wait, did you say that and I just missed it? No, I just remembered that it happened as you said it. Because oh, you, yeah. said, you said, oh, wasn't she in the first episode? And I went, yeah, of Supernatural? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I just so that's my story. Did you like it? Did you have fun? Did we have fun today? No, no. Neither of us are having fun today. (laughs) At least not in this episode. The next episode, I'm so excited for. It's going to be a great way to wrap up this batch of episodes because holy shit, I need a palate cleanser. Um, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's not going to come from me. No, you're actually going first the next episode. Because Which is a cases. bad thing. Yeah. The heavier cases we always do, we will always do at the very beginning. So you can go ahead and get them out of the way. And then we can leave off on kind of a good note, but then I might cry halfway through. 
Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. So my case next week. Well, not next week. My, my case. I'm so excited for your next case. The week, my case. My case the week after next will definitely be the palate cleanser. And you already and uh, Mythos already knows what it is because Mythos um, requested it specifically. Requested it. Yeah, which is gonna say a lot about me as a person when you find out what it is. Let's just say it's gonna be a wild ride. Yeah. That was a really long pause. <laughs> I was trying to think of a pun, and I couldn't think of one. No. Um, you might want to make sure you have your life jackets at the ready. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> on my phone that says, How to unionize? Question <laughs> mark. Recommended. CarMax. <laughs> oh, Reddit. <laughs> Oh, Reddit, you are a cesspool of the human race. Give me a second. I'll think of a pun. I'll think of a pun. Waiting. Oh, this episode is going to be much shorter than the other one. (sighs) Fuck Oppenheimer. That's all I have to say. Fuck Oppenheimer. You know what? Actually, no. This is going to be my little intro into the next episode, but I'm saying it now. Fuck Oppenheimer. I saw Barbie instead. And now that I've done my research... I'm so mad at Oppenheimer. I'm so pissed off at Oppenheimer. And it's not even, it is pertinent to the next episode, but not in the way that you think it is. I mean, it is obviously in the way that you think it is, but not in that way that you think it is. I hate this man so much. (laughs) And I have opinions. I have so many opinions. That whole, I am become death. I'm going to kick this motherfucker's ass. I'm sure he's dead by now. He better be because Oppenheimer, if you're listening to this, I'm in your house right now. For legal reasons, that is a joke. For legal reasons, 90% that is a certain joke. I'm 90% certain this man is dead. But if he's not dead, I am Probably. currently in the walls. <laughs> They're I, in the walls. They're in the goddamn walls. There are few things that I really hate in this life. And there are few people that I really hate in this life. And Oppenheimer is one of them. If you can name someone that I do not personally know that I hate more than Oppenheimer, I will be surprised. I can name things that you hate more than Oppenheimer but not name a person that I hate more than Oppenheimer right now that immediately gets me fucking angry god I dare um, you I don't think I can I mean whoever the fuck thought Applebee's was a good idea I'm gonna who who founded Applebee's who created Applebee's okay we're not getting into this we're not getting into this who created Applebee's we're okay we have to end we have to end the episode we have to end the episode this will be this will be this will be for um, the Patreon people. Bill and TJ Palmer, I'm in your house. <laughs> for legal reasons, that is a joke. For legal reasons, that is a joke. For anyone who's listening to this and it's like the special extra edition episode, I fucking hate Applebee's. And don't even get me started on IHOP. Oh. Okay. Well. <sighs> this have one. a good night, everyone. Oh my goodness! Thank you for being here today. <laughs> I hope you had so much fun. I hope that we all <laughs> laughed and cried together and everything was perfect and no one did anything wrong and everything was great. And I hope you drink water at least twice today. And if your name is Oppenheimer, I'm in your house. <laughs> like, just, that is a joke. Like, and if you are Bill like, and TJ Palmer, <laughs> <laughs> don't turn around. <laughs> Turn around. Anyway, no, that is a joke. None of these people are listening to us, but he just threw a roll of toilet paper at the cat's head. Why would you do that? Leave the cats alone. Okay. Do you want to know the honest answer, or do you just want to accept me and say that I did it? 
I'll ask after we end the episode, please. Oppenheimer, <laughs> I'm coming for you. Legal reasons, that is a joke. Is he is he alive? I have no idea. We're not going to find out. So, we'll see you soon. Keep learning and stay safe. Good night. Good night. <laughs> You're so angry. Is he alive? No idea. He's yeah. dead. I'm coming for you, Oppenheimer. I know where you are.